Prologue, Harvard Medical College, 1849 It was late fall and a pleasant day for a walk from Boston's Beacon Hill down the narrow cobblestone streets towards the Charles River. Not far from the muddy banks sat the original site of Harvard Medical College. Adjoining the medical school, the new Charles Street Jail was undergoing construction, taking form in the shape of a large stone crucifix. In the inner recess of Boston Harbor, flat-bottomed skiffs and three stately clipper ships lay comfortably moored in the calm water, their sails and riggings tightly secured to their masts in anticipation of winter. The scene evoked a Fitzhugh Lane oil painting. A tall, thin man with a black stovepipe hat walked down State Street past the site of the Boston Massacre toward Faneuil Hall, the birthplace of the American Revolution. He momentarily considered the possibility of a meal at Durgan Park Restaurant, but the waitresses there were too rude for his liking. Besides, there was the matter of a debt to be collected. On Thanksgiving weekend, 1849, George Parkman, one of Boston's wealthiest citizens, disappeared without a trace. Three years earlier, Parkman, a Boston Brahmin, had donated the land upon which his alma mater built Harvard's first medical school. He was well-known and respected within the city's elite. His friend, ornithologist James Audubon, even named the Parkman Wren in honor of the physician. When Parkman didn't return to his home at 33 Beacon Street late that November evening, his family offered a large reward for information as to his whereabouts. Days later, a second Harvard physician and professor named Dr. John Webster was arrested and charged with the murder of Dr. Parkman. Parkman had loaned Webster a sum of money that went into default. Parkman was last seen walking toward Harvard Medical College, where Webster lived and taught chemistry. Parkman's body was never found. Only bone fragments and a section of a jawbone were recovered from a furnace in Webster's laboratory at the school. The landmark case, Commonwealth of Massachusetts v. John Webster, was presided over by Chief Justice Lemuel Shaw, the father-in-law of author Herman Melville. Prior to the arrest of John Webster, the law required proof to an absolute certainty that a person had been murdered through identification of the corpse. Because Parkman's body, the corpus delicti, was never found, his death couldn't be proven with absolute certainty. The prosecution was required to establish that Parkman had been murdered by using circumstantial evidence to prove the jawbone came from his body and that John Webster was responsible for his murder. The Webster trial of 1850 was a sensational case, with thousands of spectators attending the proceedings. For the first time, a jury was allowed to hear expert testimony that the false teeth found in the jawbone recovered from Webster's furnace matched the teeth made by a dentist for Dr. Parkman. More important, Judge Shaw's jury instructions changed the requirement for conviction from proof to an absolute certainty to proof beyond a reasonable doubt. This would become the new standard for every future criminal case in the country. More than 130 years later, one of the most celebrated murder cases of the 1800s would emerge as a key piece of the puzzle in the investigation of another murder case. On Thanksgiving weekend in 1981, a Harvard University graduate student named Joan Webster disappeared without a trace from Boston's Logan Airport. This is the true story of a serial killer 
who murdered Joan Webster and other young women, but has yet to stand accused of, let alone be held accountable for, many of his crimes.